0: Hello everyone, this is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Daniel Sanoff, Shliach to Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York, on the topic of how to engage people in learning. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more atzlach on their shluchas.
1: It's a pleasure. I benefit from a lot, and I'd like to give back.
0: Thank you. So before we begin, I would like to thank our sponsors, Svassman Jewelers, The Smetana Group, Gift Card Zen, and Jumpsuit Commerce. Thank you for making the podcast available to all Shluchim. So let's get right to it. This is a great topic. So many times in Shluchim, we approach Balabatim and we want to learn with them one-on-one, and and we know the importance of learning with people and how Torah takes someone to the next level and really makes the biggest change in someone's life. But if we don't have the right Oisiyahs, it could be a real challenge, and sometimes they don't even know what we're talking about. We could tell them, you know, we want to learn with them, and they don't know what that means. And I know this is something, um, Daniel, that you've thought about a lot, and you've really put a lot of effort into this and came up with a, with some great strategies of how to engage people. So I want to begin with just asking you, wh- when did you realize that this is a problem, that you weren't communicating um, properly with people? How did that happen?
1: I guess it really hit me when I started with a professor when I was our first year, He came over to my house, and we spoke for two hours, a beautiful conversation. And at the end, I asked him, as usually we always do, oh, would you like to do a quick mitzvah, put on tefillin? And this professor got very awkward and sort of shrugged it off, and I right away quickly transitioned the conversation, and fine. So I thought in my mind that, you know, he had maybe um, some hang-up or not interested in tefillin, and I didn't really address it for a while, and then, you know, six to eight months later, I was on campus, and I stopped by his office to talk to him, and I had my tefillin with me. And I asked him, you know, have you ever heard of tefillin? And he told me, no, he'd never heard of tefillin before. And I took them out, and I explained what what's in them, why do we do it, what's the meaning of it, and I asked him cautiously, would you like to put on? And he said, of course, I'd love to. And... It was a very touching moment for him and he really felt inspired by it and walking out of his office i realized that the first time i asked him six months or so before he just simply didn't know what i wanted from him and therefore he was embarrassed to say that and therefore he declined to put on the fill-in and from there sort of was a sort of a turning point that i realized that a lot of times our my the students that i deal with professors they don't realize what we want from them and therefore their default answer is usually no, where they shrug it off because they don't know what to expect. So, therefore, I realize we have to come up with a different strategy on how to entice people to start learning from us. As Davi said before, learning is really the closest way to have the strongest connection. So, therefore, what sort of our, our you know our default answer, our default question? Would you like to learn with me? Would you like to
0: study with me? So. So can you share with us how you've learned to ask the questions? If you want to learn with someone, and I'm sure there's many different situations depending on what um, someone's interested in, how do you engage them in a a proper conversation so they understand what it means to learn or to they they understand why they would benefit from learning Gemara or someone else, Chassidus, and so on?
1: I think the first part is we have to give ourselves context of where our people are coming from. For most of us that are dealing with unaffiliated or semi-affiliated Jews that are from a conservative reform background, they have no idea what learning Torah means or what Torah has to offer. So just put it, imagine when, you know, this rabbi comes to ask them, in their mind, they're going to, you know, it's going to be some grueling task of reading this English translation that sounds thou art chow, and it's going to just not really touch them and be completely irrelevant to them. So, therefore, one, one thing that I think I started doing is before even talking to someone, if they're interested in learning, I would speak to them in learning about different topics, and I would try to find a topic that I think would interest them. And there, once I started ascertained what would interest them or what's something that I think they would, be in, they would be enticed by, I started talking to them in learning. For me, it's a little bit easier. I deal with students. So whichever, whatever subject they're studying on, I try to, weigh, I try to right away apply what Taylor has to offer. But I think it also can apply to professionals, whatever profession they're in. I'm assuming they're relatively passionate about it and they'd be interested to hear different thoughts. So one example is a student that is, if they're studying, let's say, chemistry or biology, I spoke to them about kosher chemistry. And I started a discussion with them of different ideas of, of the concept of bittol or Blias or Nat Barnat, or Chetika novella And all of these concepts, I would explain to them in the most simplest simplest way. And I try to use clear, precise English, and maybe even in advance, think about what I was going to say to make sure it came out as as coherent and intelligent. And, for example, the, the idea of Nat Barnat, of that in general, the kosher... Kosher is not just concerned with the actual food item, but it's also the flavor that's imparted from the vet, from the utensil into the actual food item. So therefore, you can give the example of if a so pasta was cooked in a meat pot, and now someone wants to now put melted cheese on top of that. So why would that be a problem? You can explain to them, so to see the kosher chemistry of it is how the flavor becomes now infused within the pasta, and therefore... And then when you put the melted cheese on it, it's if you're eating the flavor of the meat within the cheese. And obviously, that's, that's not kosher. And then there's another concept. Right, so, you're, so right away,
0: you're engaging them in an interesting conversation to them. They didn't know this about kosher. It's a real conversation about Yiddishkeit, and it could open up many more discussions.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%. You know, if they're into, you know, if they're into math, you can talk to them about, you know, we, are, we all learned this in Sadiq Base and Yerdea. But this whole how do, you, how, are you, how do you calculate if, you know, a drop of milk fell in the outside of the pot and how do we count it and how do we classify it and how do we calculate it? And the whole discussion there, that can be, that can be something that also just, for example, like if you're a lawyer or someone who's interested in law, you could – and, you know, and the main point of this is not supposed to be a, a, a monologue, but it's supposed to be a conversation. And you can ask them, like, for example, if, you can speak to, if you're speaking to someone, a lawyer or someone who's interested in law, you ask them, you know, have you ever heard of this concept? I'd be interested from your knowledge if this also exists in, in secular law. And one concept which I think doesn't exist in secular law is the idea of amiguism. And from what I've shared with people, it's a very fascinating idea. I've never come across this concept that in certain situations we believe someone on the premise that if they were lying, they could have chosen a better defense. And you can give a very simple example, like if Sam accuses Jack of owing him $10,000 and we have no proof of the loan, no documentation, no witnesses. And then Jack is believed to say many different claims of non-denial. For example, he could say, I already paid you 5000 or the loan was only for 6000 And on the term that he could have told him, you know, I've never seen you before, he would be exempt from the loan. So therefore, because he says some aspect of obligating himself, therefore <coughs> we believe him on those lines. So I think that's, that's really trying to find it and put it in a way, and really have a conversation with them, and ask them. And most people will be amazed because they've never really heard about Taylor. They've never really thought that these that pair applies to day to day life. But, and I think another example we can speak about too is let's say, for example, the easier topics of philosophy we all have in our arsenal topics of Kuzudah. And you can speak to them sort of what you think they'd be interested in. You can speak to them about, if you ever ask them, I and mean, you can be, you know, a little bit funny about it. So you can say, have you ever heard the Kabbalistic approach to evolution? And, um, and then you can explain to them the whole idea of Simpson, Or you can, idea of the concept of the Sabbath of constant creation that we all know so well from the first paragraph of Shaniyamunah. And then from there, you you can sort of develop it and speak about how that applies to our daily life, our relationship, how that understanding brings us that God is always present with us and everything that happens is orchestrated in divine providence and so on and so forth. And we can really allow this to have a conversation. And I think that's the main point is to have this idea flow into a conversation and ask and ask about this and ask about that, and that really allows us. To engage them and get them interested in learning Teja. And then from there, it's a very easy transition because once you've in, once you've touched someone and they see, wow, you know, this is fascinating. I've never heard about this. I didn't know Taylor had this to offer. It's very easy. Yeah, sure, let's set up a time next week. We can study inside and delve deeper into
0: it. I'm just curious. It's very fascinating each way you're presenting these. What would you say if someone is into psychology?
1: Psychology what just hit me now that I thought about it and obviously there's many different levels of psychology, but the concept that Rakan the Teva of Nushi is or the, let me speak in English, that the natural human intellect only wants what's good for itself, what it's for its own benefit. And therefore, in order for a Jewish person to get beyond that the soul has to come and impact the decision in order to have a true altruistic action or be truly altruistic and you know these are sort of just that just came off the tip of my tongue that and you sort of you know we have all of these ideas and we just sort of sometimes have to think about a little bit how to put them into english and explain them in the concept of day-to-day life
0: well beautiful um you know what's interesting what's interesting is also is that this could be applied to many different areas i'm thinking about even jli you know it's looking um you know so many teach JLI. And, you know, we we have a course coming up, and you're not sure how to, you know, you're telling people it's going to be a great course, it's going to be a wonderful course, you should come, you should sign up. But more powerful, and I've heard this from many shluchim, is that when you've studied, let's say even the first class, right? and the first class talks about a really interesting subject, if you're actually familiar with it, then you could talk about that. You could talk about it on Shabbos. You could talk about it um, with people individually and bring up a discussion about it and say, by the way, we're going to be, this is what this course is talking about. Um, and I find it every time that I'm, I myself don't know how to be excited about an upcoming JLI course because I don't know what it's talking about. But when I'm in the course and I'm teaching it, and I'm like, wow, this is, a, this is actually fascinating. So I think it's, it's with everyone. And people don't know what to expect. So it's uh, this is a very practical way of how to engage someone. let what would be the, the follow up be? Let's say okay, you had a great discussion. How do you now um, then set up? You know, you, you know, actually get them to commit to to learning with you, without actually sitting down learning. Well, how do you explain that? How do you how do you speak about that?
1: And I guess that's really for your field. It matters how often you see them. It might you might need one or two or three of these conversations before the person's really. So to speak, cooked. It could be after one conversation, and I think the main point is to make that transition from them. From them, they have this. They've been impressed. They're fascinated by the ideas you just shared with them, and then translate that into well, that's based on on Torah study. That's based on the wisdom that exists within the Torah, and. And then together we can sit down and we can work on this. We can learn more about it. We can continue our discussion based on the text-based learning that we'll do. Uh,
0: another question that I have is what if you don't know what a person is interested okay? I mean, you're on um, a college campus, so it's a little easier in the sense of, you know, what someone's studying. But let's just say, a, a, um, you know, someone in your community who you don't know exactly what they're interested in. Maybe they're involved in business, but they could have so many interests. How do you, how do you figure out what they may be interested in, you know, what you describe it has to offer?
1: And the most simple answer is is ask them, is ask them, and you know when you're having a ca- casual conversation with them, engage them. You know, ask, you know, John, like, have you? What are you interested about Judaism? You know, Judaism has so many different aspects. It's really a holistic approach to life. And you know, there's so many different parts. There's the legal aspect. There's the spiritual aspect. There's the ethical, moral aspect. So you know, like, have you ever thought about what what you're interested, what interests you about Judaism? Because to be honest, if he's talking to the rabbi, something must be interesting to him about it. in Judaism. So you just sort of have to – and you can even set the framework for him of telling him different layers of what Taylor has to offer and then sort of letting him now think, well, I never thought about that. You know, I'm really interested in ethics. What does Torah have to say about ethics? You can continue into Pirkei Abba's. And I think that's – you know, we also have to, you know, not be afraid to ask, a, to ask in a friendly way, an open-ended question to get them thinking, to get them talking.
0: Okay, great. So do you have any last thoughts that you would like to share with Shluchim related to this topic?
1: I think it also a lot applies on when we meet people and when we first start a relationship with a lot of times that a lot of times we, 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 when we present ourselves, you know, as the saying is, you have a second chance for everything except the first impression, and our first knee-jerk reaction is, oh, I run a Chabad house, or I'm the, I'm the director of the Chabad house, but if someone doesn't know what a chabad house is or what you do, it's sort of we have to have clear, simple ideas to explain. So sometimes, if we were just to say, "I'm a director of a nonprofit whose mission is Jewish outreach," and when we say those ten or ten words, everyone understands right away what we are. We, are, we run a nonprofit that works with that does Jewish outreach, and I think a lot of times we have to sometimes think about what people what people know and what people understand, and then from there we can know how to engage them, and that's a whole other discussion, but really just trying to be clear and try to put ourselves in their shoes in order to understand how to best engage them.
0: Okay, because because you brought that up, I, I just would love to hear what you have to say about um, how do you how do you uh, inf- um, how do you educate people about how your organization is funded? I think it so many times we, we, we avoid discussing it um, because we don't have the right ISIS. And I think that it's like with every person that we meet at some point, not necessarily right away, but at some point we have that opportunity to educate them. Um, and we, you could go so many years without really educating someone. Um, how, how would you bring that up? Like, What's, a, what's a, a simple way of explaining to people how Chabad is funded?
1: And I think it's, it's, a, it's a vital point because most people are under the assumption that we're funded directly through headquarters, and therefore their involvement is really irrelevant to our success. And obviously that's the exact opposite of what we're trying to, trying to get at. So I think something that is very clear is you can, and this is what I do a lot of times, is, is I ask them, like, would you like to hear a little bit, I'd like to share with you a little bit about how our organization runs. How our organization operates, is that okay? And I think that's a certain skill that I've learned recently that has been very effective is trying to open up a conversation in a very soft, gentle way, but at the same time asserting yourself, and people respect that, and they say, oh, sure, I'd love to hear about, you know, how you operate, Rabbi. And then, right away, that opens up the door, But so you should know, even though we're an international, we're the largest Jewish outreach organization across the globe, but we, we function as a way to franchise, and each Branch. Each center is its own independent legal entity that is dependent on the support of the local community, and therefore we turn to family and friends and the local and mainly the local community to help support us and invest in what we do. As this is a communal organization that's funded and run by the
0: community. Wow. Okay. Great. No, I'm happy I asked that question. It's because I think it's a, I think it's a great one. Um, I think it's in general it's it's a way of it's a way of being where you're engaging someone. You're not just speaking to them, you're not just you know not saying something out of fear because you're not sure if they're open to hearing it. You're you're asking them like in this in this situation you're asking them um, whether they'd like to learn how your operation how your organization operates, um, and then once they answer, then you have you have a way in to talk about it. Um, and, uh, and share with them and it's the same thing with learning you don't just ask someone to learn you, you, you open up a discussion with them and, that, and the discussion leads to many other places um, but being aware who's in front of you, who you're working with and so on to know what they would be interested in thank you Rabbi Daniel Sanoff for sharing with Shlokim about your and unique approach to engaging people in learning we really appreciate your time
1: Thank you very much for hosting me, and my email will be listed if anyone wants to reach out to me and share and brainstorm different ideas. I'm more than happy to be part of it.
0: This is Dovi Shapiro, and if you have an idea for an upcoming podcast, please share with me a shliach who has success in a specific area, and that may just be the next podcast. I hope you have an amazing week in your shlifas.